stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. Howdy, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. You know those times when you think, oh, you know, I'm not going to do it. What if someone says something about me? What if someone criticizes? What if someone rejects? You know, all of that stuff. And we all do it. All of the, You know, self-doubt kicks in for all of us. But what if we actually did do that thing, despite people telling us that we shouldn't? What if we did it? Today's guest is Julie Phillip and she is amazing and she you know she wanted to be well let, let's just talk about her being a hairdresser she thought she'd like to be a barber was really excited about that as a kid and, and kind of just you know the the dream sort of left I guess you know or sat to the side then then the opportunity landed in a lap and she's like yeah man I am running with this this is fantastic but that wasn't all she did and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation because she talks about just giving things a go just give it a bash see where it leads you know if it doesn't work doesn't work who cares if it does work it does work who cares you know that's great it's just fantastic and what a great attitude to have. She's got such great zest for life. She's just positive about stuff, you know, and she's just got this great, you're going to great energy. You are going to love her. I think I'm just stumbling and bumbling through this because I am just buzzing because she is, she's a great friend of mine and she's just a beautiful human being. And I just wanted her to come on here and talk to you about how she just embraces things and the difference she's making to people who you really need to be seen, heard and valued. And she's actually found a way to give people that time and make them feel wonderful about themselves. So you are going to love, love, love this episode. So let's let's shut me up and let's get into it. Here we go. Welcome, Julie. G'day, Kez. How are you going? I'm pretty good. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks for having me on Get Off The Bench podcast land. <laughs> podcast land if only people knew that it was just a little room in my house but you know <laughs> I'll, I'll pretend it's podcast land it sounds a bit like really wonkers doesn't it <laughs> I know <laughs> oh, I love it well I'm so happy to have you on and I've been meaning to do it for ages because you just you know, I don't know, you just say you're just little Julie from Packenham or whatever, you know, but oh my God, I watch you and you you've you've truly inspired me. You know, you you well, I remember talking to you not long ago and you were talking about how you know you wanted to play drums, African drums, and your mum thought yeah. you were a maniac. But you went and did it anyway and you and then joined a band and you know, all sorts of stuff. That's not what that's not what we're here to talk about. We don't talk about you doing hairdressing, but yeah, um, I just go on because everyone's gonna to want to know now what's the story behind these drums. So oh. go and tell us. 
I know. So, you know, when I was growing up, I was obsessed with all things African, you know, like as soon as that Born Free show come on, like I was glued. You couldn't get me away from it. And I always thought I used to say to mum, I'm going there when I grow up. And she used to say, yes, darling, yes, darling. She'd humour me, you know. But I tell you what, I worked for, you know, I got my first job when I was 17 and I worked in local government. And it was when, at the point when local government were amalgamating. So I could take a package and leave or I could, you know, stay on. And I thought, oh, my God, this is my chance. Like, I'm going to get out and start exploring the world. Like, I don't want to be stuck behind a white picket fence in Maui all my life. Like, this is this is it, you know. So I kind of, like, got out and started travelling and I went to Africa and was kind of surreal, you know, and here I am visiting all these places that I saw on TV. So, anyway, I'm sort of getting away from the fact here, but <laughs> got to be sidetracked. Um, but I was obsessed with all things African. And anyway, I said to um, mum one day, I was, you know, living out in the country and I said, I'm going to play the African drums. I think I'll go and get a drum and find someone to teach me. And she just laughed and she said, but you don't, where are you going to find a drum? Who sells African drums here? And where do you think you're going to find someone to teach you? And I said, look, I just reckon it's all going to fall into place. I'm just going to put it out there and trust in the universe, you know. So kind of started, you know, phoning around some networks and got hold of this woman and she, you know, um, sold, used to like buy and sell passion instruments and I thought this is it. So I gave her a call and happened to be my music teacher from primary school oh. and so I rock up to her place and here's this big beautiful drum sitting there, you know, with the goat skin and all the fur around the edge and I thought, oh, my God, like that's unbelievable. I didn't know what I was buying, but it looked pretty, you know. So she slapped out a bit of a beat on it, and I thought, that's amazing. I want that. So I bought that drum and then did a bit of a ring around and happened to get hold through friends of friends, this um, couple who were just starting this drum group out at Mubu North in the mechanics hall in the main street there. So anyway, got hold of them and spoke to his wife because his English wasn't that good at the time. So I spoke to his wife and she said, yeah, she gave me all the details. So she said, come out, you know, and was, I think it was like a Wednesday night or something. So at the time I was driving one of those little Sirion cars, you know, they're like tiny little bubble cars, you know. So I loaded me a big drum in there and hopped in my little Syrian and travelled out in the hills in Burbu North, you know, and get out there and set up my drum and meet everybody. And it was like really warm weather and so the whole side of the building opened up and then you had people from the local community coming sitting in the park and we get into this drumming and I was really getting off on it. And I thought, this is like, I, I couldn't have dreamt of a better experience, you know. I was really getting off on this African beat. And I'm giving up my all and I'm just sitting there almost in a trance like I was in another world, you know. I was, I was in seventh heaven. So anyway, after a full night of drumming and I thought, I'm just amazed at how well I did, you know. Every now and then uh, the guy that was leading, I'd catch his, you know, looking at me and he was smiling and I thought, oh, I think I'm doing all right. So anyway, at the end of the night, loaded me a little drum into me little car and I'm travelling home I'm along those Mubu North Hills, you know, in the dark. And the trip home was like really slow because I had this giant male kangaroo who was like jumping higher than my car and I could see his like testicles like flapping in the head of it, <laughs> like they were just about on my windscreen. <laughs> And I, and I was just like driving home, you know, just on an absolute high. And then I get home and I climb into bed because it's quite late. And then the phone rings and I thought, oh my God, who's ringing me, you know, at like midnight? And it was his wife. And she says to me, 
Look, he was so impressed with your drumming. She said, can you come out on the weekend and audition for his band? And I'm like, what? What the hell? Like I've only had one lesson. You know, and I thought, oh my God. And she goes, he reckons that you're a natural. So I'm on the phone to mum. I said, you're never going to guess what? Had my first lesson. Now I'm going to audition for the band. And she's like, what? But you've never played before. And I said, apparently I'm a natural. I'm going with it and I'm going to audition for this band. So, <laughs> so I went and auditioned and it was an all day affair. Ended up staying overnight, had dinner with them and everything. And it was just amazing. And Played with them for a few years and did gigs all over Gippsland and had the absolute best time of my life. I thought, this is great. So I, I sort of got to a point where I thought, oh, yeah, well, you know, I need a bit of a break from music because it was pretty full on. I was working full time and doing that as well. So it was pretty full on. So I thought, I think I might have a little break. So I remember talking to mum and I said, well, I'm just going to have a break from the band for a while, I think. And I, I think I might concentrate on my artwork. And she said, what artwork? You're not an artist. You don't have any. <laughs> I can just feel it. Like I think I'm an actual for this kind of thing. I'm very creative. So I'm just going to pull some work together. I'd really like to be in some exhibitions and maybe sell some work. She thought it was an absolute joke. And my dad was an artist. He was born an artist. You know, he's very talented. And I said, I think I'll take after dad. Like, I think I think this is my path, you know. So Anyway, I did got some work together and I was in a couple of exhibitions locally and sold an absolute heap of work through a local business and very successful. It was great. Wow. <laughs> you can just do whatever you want to do, really. If it's if you're passionate about something, like put yourself out there and it will just happen. Just sow the seed out into the universe or the higher power or whatever you want to call it and it just comes back to you, I reckon. I reckon that 100%. And it's just, I love what you're talking about is, oh, well, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. And what what I love is that we're always too scared to start because we need to get it perfectly right. When I'm really good and when I'm perfect, then I'm going to do it. But I reckon start messy. Who gets, just give it a crack. And you've just proven two things, like, like, you know, the, the drumming and the art. It just, it can just flow if you if you're prepared to just give it a crack. And I love that story. I love both of them, but I love it. Yeah, just give it a go, I reckon. As you say, you don't have to be perfect. Just figure it out as you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And when you were talking, so so moving moving past that, you know, and you've eventually got yourself a full-time job, you're like in, in admin, secretarial stuff, you know, that that's your full-time gig. Yeah. But then you... That's not enough. Like, you know, in the back of your mind, you've got, man, you know what? I wanted I wanted to do drums. And funny, look at me. I found myself in a band. I might yeah. do some art. And look at me. I'm selling a heap of artwork and, and exhibitions. So, guys, I hope you're listening to this and get inspired by this because you really can do, do stuff. But now then you, and I remember you telling me, oh, it might have been a year ago, you said, Kez, I think I'm going to be a barber. And I and I said a barber, and you said, "Yeah, yeah I, I like that idea." And I said, "I wasn't like your mum." I said, "Bloody hell, go for it! That's fantastic." <laughs> That's right. And, <laughs> and, I know. And it's so funny, like as a, as a little girl, you know, mum kind of said to me when I was young, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" You know, and I said, "Because I just had a thing for hair. I just really loved hair. I don't know what it was. There was a couple of barbers in the family, but I just really had a thing for hair." And I said, I think I want to be a hairdresser or a barber. And she was, like, horrified. And it was like, you will not. 
you'll get yourself a real job. Every girl needs a clerical background, you know, but old school. Yeah. And that's okay. And it has been good and it's never let me down. And, you know, I've travelled heaps of places and lived heaps of places and it's always, I've never been out of work unless I've chosen to be. And, you know, it's been good like that. But in the back of my mind, like I always still wanted to really do that. And then I can remember it was end of 2018, I was having a performance development meeting with my manager and we thought we'd just do it casually over coffee, you know, over across the road from the office. So. Anyway, we're having a yak there and she said, you know, is there any kind of like training opportunities that you think you want to do to help you do your job better? She said, not that you need it, but, you know, is there anything that you want to do? And it was one of those conversations and I was like, oh, yeah, no, not really, but one of those ticker box things that you had to identify something, you know. So anyway, we decided that I'd do some project management training. So she said, when we get back to the office, just Google it and see what comes up and find some training and we'll get you in, you know. And I said, oh, yeah, that would be great. But, in you know, on, internally I'm thinking, oh, gee, God, oh, that's just going to bore me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, you know. But I thought, oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. But, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can find. <laughs> so, anyway, we get back to work and because we kind of like sit next to each other and um, I get onto Google, you know, and I don't know. I, I must have Googled like project management training or something, I don't know, whatever I did. But it came up with this <laughs> certificate in barbering and you could be qualified in a year. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I got really excited and I said to her, you're not going to believe what I just found. And I said, do you know that I could be a qualified barber in 12 months? I said, I just found this training. I know it's not project management, but this really excites me. And she was so supportive and she said, well, what, how do you think you're going to do that, you know? So I ended up taking a year out and I balanced it by doing three days um, at barber school and then I did two days in my normal job. So that's how I balanced it for a year and I became a qualified barber in a year and, you know, like I'm way past 50 and I didn't really want to set up my own business or anything like that and I was happy doing what I was doing but I just wanted to use it for a you know, like to give back to people and give back to community and there's got to be a way I can work that in, you know. So just through conversations with people, I ended up at a local neighbourhood house and I volunteer once a month there. I did some stuff locally to where I live, but I really wanted to go back to Lechoe Valley because that's where I was born and raised and it's always home. Like I've travelled a big chunk of the world, but I the valley's always home for me, you know. I've still got family and friends there and I wanted to give back to that community in some way. So that's how I ended up volunteering one day a week and I cut people's hair at a local neighbourhood house and it's great and I and I love it, you know. And you just, I'm not there as a counsellor or to give people advice or anything like that, but just make them feel valued and heard make them feel like they matter for that moment in time and it's just, it's great because people are doing it really, really tough out there. So it's, it's, it just really, you know, floats my boat, gives me a high. I love it. Oh, I love it too. Now you said you said once a month and once a week, but I think it's once a month, isn't it, that you do it? Yeah, once a month. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, a, that's <laughs> in the Morwell neighbourhood house. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so what, what inspired you to 
like when you when you're going there, I just love that you're giving back. Do you know, I love that you're using this skill, this you, yeah. because you really could have just become a barber and said, Well, that's it. I'm leaving my admin job and clerical job. Thanks very much, because that really served me. But now I'm gonna go and make a ton of money, you know, cutting hair and and who doesn't want a female barber? Like I think that's fantastic, but you've chosen not to. You've chosen to just do charity. And and as you said, you know, I think um you know, Latrobe Valley is doing it tough, like a lot of people are doing it tough, but there's yeah. more wool and, uh, you know, the surrounds have had, you know, the Hazelwood closure and the mine fires and they've just, uh, they've had so many floods in Elgin and it's yeah. just like it's been nonstop yeah. you know, battering um, and, and, and it's a, it's a, you know, it's a demographic. A lot of the demographic is is struggling anyway. Do you, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's bloody tough. So I think it's fantastic that you're going there and, and doing that for them. It's um, were you with this charity thing? Were you right? Like you're saying, your mum said, no, no, no. You know, get me barber. You're gonna you're gonna do clerical work. Were you raised with some kind of charity mindset, or or is that something that you've just you know developed in your adulthood or over your life or something? Yeah, I, th- I think I, I developed it, yeah, because, you know, not that it's a conversation for today, but there were there were times in my life where I did did it really, really tough. I, um, you know, like escaped domestic violence and, you know, there were times where I'd, you know, shifted to a place where I had enough money for, you know, two weeks rent and I didn't know how I was going to feed myself because I didn't have a job. And, you know, like there's been some really, really tough times. And I think when you go through experiences that really challenge you and kind of break you down to a point, you know, I think you either, because I always believe that you either become bitter or you become better. And I just, I always, you know, I had people that kind of, like I, I lived in, you know, a part of Maui at one point in time. And if I came home from work late, my next door neighbour, who was also, you know, she was, struggling she was a butler and she would struggle from pension to pension but she'd always come over and if I came home late then she'd come over with a a plate of food for my dinner so I didn't have to cook and you know just like the kindness of people around me and it just really touched me and and having gone through those really difficult times like it it just really makes well it's made me I think a better person and a you know a softer heart and a more giving heart and I just really relate to people when they're doing it tough and I just want to, you know, some of the people I come across, I just want to pack them in my barber kit and bring them home, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they'd love that. <laughs> just so adorable, you know. <laughs> I just I just really wanted to make a difference for people. So I, I think that's where it stems from. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love that. Did you have... Um... Did, did you, you know, when you said earlier, I want to come back to the neighbourhood house in a minute, but when you said you, you Googled project management, you know, and you and you found the barber yeah. and the boss said, hey, you're going to make this work, did you have any 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 hesitation or any sort of second thoughts or, or, or any sort of feelings of, ah, oh, look, I can't do this, you know, it's just too hard, that sort of stuff? No, I just thought, oh, this is, I was so excited, like I was, you know, Overbrimming with excitement that I just like bloated everything out that I wanted. <laughs> I love and then, it. What, that, what does that sound like? Do you think we can make that work? And maybe I can take a year out. Maybe I can balance and do that, and you know, cover work a couple of days a week. And so, what, what do you reckon? How do you think that all sounds? And I'm like speaking a hundred mile an hour. And she, like, she was so supportive. Like, couldn't ask for a better manager. And she was just like, yeah, 
we, we can do that. We can make that happen for you, you know. I know it's been a passion and let's give it a go. So she was really supportive. It was great. I, I love that. And I, I'm clearly a bit, um, I, I've clearly jumped out of my TARDIS to talk to you because I said, I said I spoke to you about a year ago and now I'm listening to you and I reckon it was about four years ago. It's gone like, bloody hell, has that much time passed? It's, I know. It, I was, it's COVID. I was sure COVID it was only that. a year ago. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So what? So when you after you were qualified to be a barber, right? And then you thought, you know, I want to give back, and, and you contacted Morwell Neighbourhood House or, or or something. Somehow, how did you get into there? Like, did you reach out to them and and ask? Or yeah, I can't re- rightly remember how that happened. So I think previous to me becoming a barber, I happened to be like at some community function, and I happened to be talking to the, you know. Tracy manages the the Morwell neighbourhood house there, and I might have mentioned thinking about doing barbering, and be nice if I could hook up. And she was like really excited. And then through others, some other community event, I came across one of the councillors with local council, and her and I got chatting about it too. And she was really excited about the concept. And you know, there was all like all these opportunities that I could link into. And I just thought, yeah, that's something that can really happen. So when I eventually got qualified. Um, you know, COVID hit and, you know, there was like different reasons for why it couldn't happen straight away with work. But I eventually got there and linked in and I went back to Tracy at the house and said, I'm, I'm ready to go. And what do you reckon? And <laughs> and it just so happened that she'd had, you know, a hairdresser there who had to leave and couldn't do it anymore. So I just kind of like took over and slotted in and it's been great. And you just have the best conversations with people, you know, and and as I said, I'm not there to be a counsellor or give advice, but make, make people feel valued and heard. And I thought it would take a while for people to kind of like warm and start engaging. But no, they just sat down in front of me and just started, you know, telling me their life story. And people are just so pretty interesting, you know. And I mean, you have so many conversations like, you know, one lady sat down, she started talking about the colour of her pubic hair and her sex life. <laughs> That's okay. No. <laughs> Well, whatever. Oh. Let's let's just run with whatever anyone wants to talk about. You know? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, so uh, you said that something went in my eye. It's like, geez, I haven't won a bloody pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an amazing conversation. <laughs> it's, um, uh, you know, when you go to a, when you just go to the hairdressers, I don't. I always cut my own hair because I don't want to. Talk, I don't want to talk shit. It's um, it's it's um, you know, I've I've been to a few, and it's kind of the conversation, and I listen to other people's conversation. I think everybody just, I don't know. It must be when you start touching people's hair. You know, they feel they feel comfortable yeah. with you or a, a sort of a sense of intimacy. And I don't mean relationship intimacy, but it's an, a trust, a trust yeah. intimacy, you know. And it's, um, oh, yeah. I, I, I love it. And it's, you know, I'm just thinking, listening to you, I'm thinking, were there any hesitations? Was anything holding you back? And you're like, no, no, no. And it's, it's so good because... You know, this is what I long to hear for, from so many people. You know, is it, no, nah, I just went for it. I just gave it a crack. I just, you, you know, because we can get so um, so tangled up in our um, narrative telling us we're not good enough, we shouldn't mm. do that. What if they reject yeah. me? What if I ask them, then I look yeah. stupid, you know, and we just keep, you know, we, we, do you know what I mean? It just stops us from doing stuff. And, you, and you're sort of saying, no, I don't. Yeah. I just, 
followed my heart and trust the universe. And 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 what so so going down that path, just follow my heart, trust the universe. What would have happened if if she if Tracy? Uh, by the way, Tracy's going to be on in a few weeks as well. So I absolutely love her. Oh, I think she's great. I know she's amazing. <laughs> Do an amazing job there, and more. Um, what what yeah. if she had have said? Um, no, you know we 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 don't want you. What what would you have felt, or what would you have done, or how would it have impacted you? Um, probably would have felt a little bit shattered for a moment. Um, you know, would have felt a bit of rejection there, but I would have got over it. And I thought, now, nah, just because that house doesn't want me, doesn't mean to say that there's not other places that I can link into. So I probably would have just gone to another neighbourhood house. Yeah, yeah. I love the. I mean, there's plenty of services that are crying out for people yeah. to do stuff. Yeah, I, I love that you're saying that because it's it, there are what happens is a lot of people go have their mindset on something and then they the person says no we can't you know we just can't do it and then we personalize it you know rather than saying rather than saying well perhaps they don't have any space for a for a hairdresser or yeah. a barber like perhaps there's just no space or perhaps the timing's wrong you know or perhaps they're going through yeah. some other struggle where they're just not able to implement another program. But instead, we personalize it. Like, oh, they hate me. They don't want me. Do you know, this is all about yeah, me. yeah. And we've got to stop it, doing that because yeah. there's so many reasons why it might not work right at this moment. And and as you said, there's so many other opportunities, but we shut ourselves down. Do you know because yeah. one person or one thing doesn't want our services right at the moment? Mm. You know and. Mm. And I've had a lot of people, you know, for me that that have said, no, we don't need any what team building or something right now. But they've come back to me in a year, do you know, and said, you know what, I've been, we've got room now. Like we can do it now. And I, I think we need yeah, to yeah. we need to stop taking things personally and just accept that, you know, if someone was to sell come to my door with a vacuum cleaner, I'd say, no, I, I've already got one. And it wouldn't even be anything to do with them. It would be the fact yeah. that right now I don't need it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's funny you ask that question because it it never actually entered my head that they wouldn't want me. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it never actually entered my head. Like I didn't actually think of it. I just thought, of course they're going to want me. <laughs> like, oh. They've been waiting. Of course I'm him. <laughs> so, Julie, I'm going to ask you then. I love that you're thinking that, but a lot of people don't. What makes you different? Like, what? Where, where do you get that from? That that sort of sense of, I don't know. Well, everything's going to be okay. You know, like that sense of, I don't know, self approval or sense of self not putting yourself down. You know, you know, just I'm okay. I'm all right with yeah. this. I think it's from those past experiences that I touched on before. Like there were some really, really dark, tough moments in there mm. um, where I was, you know, like a mere shell of myself really. Mm. And once I sort of like came out of that with a lot of support and, a, you know, a lot of professional counselling at the time and I sort of like came out of that and I did a lot of hard yards and a lot of hard work on myself, I kind of thought, well, you know, you reflect on yourself and you can't imagine being that person it's like so you just kind of I don't know I just became like I didn't need people's approval or it's okay to be me and it's okay not to be perfect and it's okay to give things a go and if they don't succeed then that's okay just try again or yeah I, I don't know I think it's just from life really life just taught me that so maybe more people <laughs> need a few more hard knocks 
Yeah, like go through a few more hard times and you'll be right. Well, they say that, they say that, don't they? You know, the best way to get over shit is to go through tough shit. But it's, right. um, it, it's, I, you know, I just see so many people, and I'm not criticizing because I, I, I get it. You know, I get we're all at different points in our life, and I get that that circumstances and experiences and events and all sorts of things can 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 affect all of us in in so many different ways. Mm. But I do come across so many people who they've got a brilliant idea and. They just won't do it. You know, they're just like find they just, and I'll say excuses, but whether they're reasons or excuses, you know, it's just yeah, I can't yeah. get over that bloody hurdle. Mm. And, and I think, you know, I, I don't I don't think I don't think badly of them. I don't think, oh, for God's sake, you're just lazy or that's it's not that. And I just feel for them. And I think if only you could see that that how amazing one, it would be. Yeah. How amazing it would be if it happened and, and even mm. if it didn't happen, how amazing the journey is because, you know, I've failed so many times, you know, and things haven't worked out on so many occasions, you know, that yeah. I thought they might or it's shifted or it's gone sideways. You know, that's where you learn. That's where you sit back and have a yeah. tough look and think, oh, gee, that's hurting, and then you're like, but hang on a minute, is, is it personal? It's not really, Do you, you know, and, and you grow, but... I wish I wish everyone had your attitude because, you know, I've always said this. It's like um, I imagine us all like like on a planet, and we're all like little LEDs. Do you? Yeah. And we're only half on, or only we're only just got the slightest bit of color or light in in us, you know. And you, if you look hard enough, you can see, oh, that's a little blue light, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if all of us just went. Bam, you know, and our lights were on. You know, can you imagine the universe? Like the aliens would look down at us and go, far out. That's the party planet. You know, that's fantastic. I reckon, I reckon now they look down and go, geez, not going there. The pack of misery, misery twats the whole bloody lot of them. That's hilarious. But how, how good would it be? You know, I, I still I still do have times you know different times you know whether it's to do with work or where whatever where I will doubt myself yeah and I think oh I don't know I don't think I'm that clever to be able to do that or I don't think you know I'm that inspiring or I don't think this or I don't think that so I do have times like that but yeah ultimately if you're really passionate and driven about something and you really want it then the doors will open for you. Just step through them. That's all you got to do. Just step through the door. And then once you're through there, something happens and then another door opens and they all connect. So, and when they start connecting like that, it just means that it's meant to be. So just keep walking through those doors. <laughs> yeah, you're in your flow. You call it doors, I call them pavers. I said, you step on yeah. a bloody paver, you know, and then the next one will appear and, and yeah. you step on it. But, you know, I agree with you. Like, we, we all have self-doubt. We all have imposter syndrome. We yeah, all have we all these, do it. Yeah, but it's it's whether, we, whether we're prepared to just just push through it, you, you know, and yeah. just crack yeah. it because no, nothing really bad is going to happen other than we mm. take it personally and we feel personally rejected. But if we take, sit back and have a proper look, it's not actually that. Even asking you to come on the podcast, you're like, me? What? What yeah. the hell do you want me to come on for? I know. I thought, I, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Karen, Karen <laughs> asked me to do a podcast. I thought, what? 
I'm just Julie from Packy doing Julie from Packy, you know. I'm not that inspiring. Like No, but you're not. No, no, I don't see that at all. I think you are inspiring. I'm inspired by you. You know, you keep doing what you say you're going to do and, you know, you keep having all these incredible experiences and I do love your positive attitude towards it. You know, you've always, you always see the funny side of it or the good side of it and that sort of stuff. But I also wanted to get you on though because, you know, you know, I've had some big names on on here as well. Do you know? And, and people kind of think, yeah, but uh, that person, they're they're famous, or that person, they've you know, they're an Olympian, or that that person, blah blah. And they kind of see that there's a difference in people. Do you know? It's yeah, only those yeah. people who who can achieve. But but I want to also get on, which I do, and you're one of them. People who and don't take this the wrong way, just ordinary people doing their thing. And and I don't think you're just ordinary, Jules, because. <laughs> I think you're a funny legend. But I, I want people to see that, you know, we don't have to be superstars. Do you know, we don't have to be. Right. Yeah. And we've got, and every single person has got so much to give to the world. And, you know, what you're talking about, you know, um, charity and helping people speak, feel seen and heard and valued and that sort of stuff. Mm. It, it's kind of, I always say this, and I don't mean it in a harsh way, but it's kind of selfish not to do it because if you don't do that thing, you know, that could impact other people, you're holding back. You're holding back from them actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, receiving something great. and Yeah, and it's just amazing. Like you don't think you're having an impact, but you actually are, you know, yeah. and your impact is quite huge and you just don't realise. And at the time, you know, like I could go to the house and do some haircuts for a day and walk away and think, oh, that was a good day, you know made some people look good, you know, that's great. And it's not until like a little bit later and you might see some social media feedback or someone says something to you or you meet someone, you know, and they kind of like heard about you haircutting at the house and then you get like this like feedback that is really impactful and you think, wow, I didn't realise I'd made that much of a difference. Like yeah. it's just it's really humbling. Yeah, and it's so bloody important because, and I keep saying to people, just show up, show up, show up, mm. show up, because you don't know who's watching, you don't know who's listening. You know, I yeah. same. I get so many things, messages, and things, and I think I, I didn't even, I don't even know where that person found me. Do you, you know? But yeah, yeah, back to them, and and if you think about that, you know, one woman that you do the hair for, and she was having a really struggling really struggling with something and you were kind to her you know and you heard her and you, you know you, you listened to her story now she goes home or she goes shopping down the down the bloody plaza or something and then she's feeling kind so she smiles at four people and one of them was going to take their life that afternoon you know because they're, yeah, they're, that's right. but she smiled at them and that saved a life and and when you talked about your neighbor in Moe, you know who would come home and you make you dinner do you, you know so what if what if somebody had it was kind to her at one point and then then she's then now extending her kindness to you and because of her yeah. kindness you're now extending your kindness you know to yeah. all these other people and I, I just think that if we show up and just just show up and be kind mm. do our thing and yeah. be kind, we're changing the world we, yeah, we really right. are you are yeah one little act at a time it only takes one little act oh I agree. and I agree. And I put a post up the other day saying that we only have to impact one person, and if that well, if that one person impacts ten, and they impact ten and ten and ten, and so on, before long we've we've impacted a million people. If our initial impact was profound, and we sort of sit back and say, "What well, I'm just 
Julie from Pakenham or I'm just Cheryl from Maui or I'm just bloody, <laughs> you know, Shirley from Traff or, or whatever we say. Yeah, yeah. But we're not. None of us are just, you know, mm. none of us mm. are just. We're, we're all incredible human beings that, you know, that bring so much magnificence to the planet and all we got to do is step into it. And, and yeah, just, that's right. Trust it will be okay. Do you know? And yeah, it's, um, yeah. And I, I did a haircut on a lady just recently, you know, and she kind of had a vision and a head of she had quite long hair and she wanted to go really short. And I said, well, how come, you know, let's not go too short. Let's just do a, like a bit of a phased in approach, you know. So kind of, you know, did a phased in approach and it was a longer version of what she wanted. But I kind of like, you know, cut some layers around her face and did a bit of a side sweep rather than having it parted in the middle and we styled it differently and put some product and straightened it for her. And, and she just felt, she said, I feel like I could take on the world. Wow. Like, it was it was just such a transformation in her. And I thought, wow, that's amazing, you know, the difference, like some time spent making her look pretty. Yeah, she just yeah. felt unbelievable confidence and she just strutted her stuff out there and she just felt amazing and it was great to see. I love that. I love that so much. Before I was thinking, you know, about saying that I, I do my own hair because I'm not going to listen to anyone's shit. But, um, you know, I might come to you, Jewel. <laughs> yeah. if, we, if we live closer, Kes, I'd be rocking up on your doorstep once a month. <laughs> I wish we did live closer, but <laughs> I reckon you're you're a bloody hoot. No, I mean, no I absolutely love you. I really do. But what, now, where else are you? Um, what, what are your plans? Like you, at the moment, you're doing this two days a week. Or, I mean, one day a month. One day. One day a month. Yep. Yeah. And 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 what are your plans with this? Are you gonna? Are you just gonna continue to do that, or are you gonna find more places, or phase your other work out, or? What, what are you thinking? Oh, look, I was kind of, I have all sorts of thoughts, you know, when I think about it. And I thought I'd like to build like a little barber army, you know. So all those little barbers that I went to school with and, you know, and, you know, barber friends of barbers, like some of them don't work Mondays. So, you know, and I volunteer on a Monday generally. So it's like let's build a little barber army of all these little barbers and we hop in a minivan and travel down to Latrobe Valley and spread out to all the organisations and cut people's hair for a day. Let's do that. That would be great. And some of them, you know, like their partners or their girlfriends work in the hair industry as well and they might not work Mondays. So they can be doing the zhuzhing, you know. You do, you do the straightening and curling and blow-drying and all that and, you know, we'll have a like a team of barbers that do all the cutting and, and then you could bring other people on board, you know, and get the people with, you know, like the clothing vans that come around and, and supply women and young men with suits for interviews and, like, you know, I don't know, stuff that leads on to other stuff, doesn't it? Broaden, broaden the horizons beyond hair. It's like an all-over makeover thing. I think that is fantastic. You and I, we're going to talk in the future because I've got this idea for homeless people for getting them jobs and matching them up with organisations. And and I haven't done it yet, but I reckon I reckon there's there's something to build on there. But regardless of whether we do that, I love your frigging barber army. I love that. You got to get that going. That is fan. That's fantastic. Yeah. And you know, there's so many people out there, isn't it, that do want to volunteer. You know, that really do. They yeah. do, they don't know how. And many people yeah, have said right. that to me before, you know, like, you know, with, with Africa, you know, I, I want to do stuff in Africa, but I've never known how to do it, do you, you know, mm. that sort of stuff. Mm. And, 
yeah. sometimes you've just got to be a conduit, you know, to 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 get people into that space. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, Julie, I bloody love it. I <laughs> I bloody love it. It's just um, are you going to get back into a band? <laughs> <laughs> not on on the horizon but you know who knows what might pop up (laughs) have a cycle i reckon and they always pop through their head you know down the track somewhere so still got my drums in the spare room and have a little bit of a bash every now and then and and i studied classical guitar when i was like a young child so i've still got my first guitar from when i was a child so i you know pluck out a bit of a tune on that every now and then and who knows and i love writing so stay tuned kez because Got a couple of books on the go. Fantastic. One's been on the go for 13 years. You can't <laughs> rush these things. You've also written you've also written a blog for us for girls with hammers as That's well. That's right, yeah. 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 And that yeah. was fantastic. That was <laughs> yeah, you're you're an amazing person. You you just got so many artistic skills. I've got an idea. What you can do is you can set up your barber army, and then at the end of it, you can have all the women that had their hair done, and you can get them all banging on drums, right? And so that they're just, you know, like they're feeling like they're goddesses, you know, goddess warriors, you know, and they walk out and they just take over. And I reckon that would be fantastic. <laughs> would be good. We could combine it. It's a good. <gasps> It'll be great. Well, tell us what, what are your books about? Oh, well, my dad passed away, oh, what would it be now, 14 years, 13 years, of mesothelioma. Yeah. And he was part of the local asbestos support group. And oh. he had all of these notes while he was going through the, you know, as the disease was progressing. And they'd never had anyone that kept notes like he did. He used to write everything down about how he was feeling and conversations he'd have with people. It was amazing stuff. Mm. So they were really interested in turning his notes into a book, like, a you know, a little bit of a resource for people to kind of, like, read. And and I thought, well, and they approached me and asked me if I'd like to do that, like, 13 years ago. Um, luckily, the group's still going, so there's still time. Um, and I, you know, often bump into... <laughs> The woman that heads that group up, and I go, yeah, I haven't forgotten. I'm still doing that book, <laughs> but I, I didn't want to just leap into like the notes, and I kind of wanted to, you know, do a bit of a story and paint the picture of the man, and you know, Dad's family and where he came from and who he was, and kind of like bring him into it, and not just talk about the disease, you know. So it's a work in progress. Um, I'm not even a quarter of the way through, but you know. Um, it's, it sits on my desk on a memory stick here. Um, it's not the kind of thing that you can just plug in and whack out a couple of paragraphs while you're waiting for the spuds to cook, you know. I've, I've got to feel inspired. So, and creativity, like it ebbs and flows in different ways and, you know, it, it'll happen. I'm confident it'll happen, but, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, I love that it's 13 years and or 14 years and you're still saying, oh, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> As I say, I haven't forgotten when it's about two weeks. <laughs> I'm not bloody 13 years, 14 years. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't rush these things, kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap, I bloody love you. <laughs> and the, and the other book, well, that, that's a work in progress too, but that's only a recent thing, so I don't feel so bad about that one. But And it's got a temporary title. I've just given it a temporary title and the title is a bunch of stuff in no particular order and it's just like random stories and 
you know, a bit of poetry, a um, bit of like everything just all jumbled in together that I've experienced in my life. So, oh. yeah, it's just a bunch of random stuff as I've temporarily titled it. So, But they're often really great books to read, they're just little stories. Yeah. You, you know, it's um, I reckon that would be great. <laughs> and the way you write and the way you storytell and your sense of humour, I reckon that would be a bloody ripper book, a ripper book. <laughs> it's got to have humour. I like to laugh every single day. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. you do. <laughs> Oh, you're a bloody legend. You really are. <laughs> oh, look, Julie, I've loved this. I'm going to get, I'm asking my get off the bench question. What, I mean, I know we've taught, we've touched on stuff, but what, what advice would you give to someone just sitting on something that, that they're passionate about or that they've always been passionate about or they've always said, oh, God, I'd love to run, I'd love to buy my own lolly shop, you know, love to make my own candles, I'd love to write a book, what, what, all that stuff. What advice would you give them? Just give it a go, you know. Like if you want to open your own lolly shop, for example, as you use that as an example, then go and volunteer on a Saturday morning and go and work in your local lolly shop. There's been a, a lolly shop somewhere, you know. Like if I wanted to open a lolly shop, I know that there's a lolly shop in Yarrigan. So I'd go and go in there and go, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about opening up my own lolly shop, but I'm not sure if I really want to do it or not. And do you think I could you know, volunteer my time in your shop on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday morning or a whole Saturday, I don't know, whatever you like, just to kind of get a feel for what I think about working in a lolly shop. <laughs> you know what I mean? They might say, you bloody competition, piss off. <laughs> You'd have to say I don't live anywhere near you. I'm actually, you know, southern Melbourne area. But yeah. <laughs> you'd have to go, you know, you'd have to explain that, I suppose. But I don't know, just give it a go. Yeah, I agree. Take some time out and it doesn't have to work. Yeah. It doesn't, if it if it fails for whatever reason, like just it's, it doesn't, it's only a moment in time. It's not, it's not the end of your life, you know, like it's just an experience and, you know, just, just take it for what it is and, you know, if it hasn't worked because of like a demographic or I, I don't know, whatever reason, then it's, it doesn't mean to say that that's the end of the dream. Like just sit on it a little bit, sit with those feelings and just, you know, work your way through them. And when you come out the other side, give it another crack. Yeah. I yeah. love but that. I just recommend if, you're, if you're really passionate and you really want to do it, then just, yeah, just, I don't know, jump to the edge and you'll find that you can fly. You're not going to fall yeah. to the bottom, you know. Yep. I love that saying. I absolutely love that saying. And I think, too, that, that's, um, you know, even if it, we worry about what people are going to say, but the only people criticising are the ones that are not in the ring, you know, the people sitting on the bloody sidelines poking, po poking their bloody fingers at you, you know, and they're not they're not bloody doing anything anyway. So don't, don't even worry about them. Right. But the other thing is, too, we, we worry about people um. You, talking about us, you know, like, oh, wouldn't she a dickhead, you know, that's just stuff. But I, I guarantee, and I say it in my book, I guarantee, you know, you're, you're only talk, you're only spoken about till the next big thing comes along and the next big thing comes along in about three minutes. So yeah, it's, that's right. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> that's it. And I reckon that's the beauty of being older, you know. Yeah. I, I find that the older you get, the less you care what people think and what people say that, you just it kind of drops off, you know, the older you get and just that life experience teaches you to do and yeah. just get out there and give it a go. 
I agree. Yeah. And I think too, I, you know, a bit on a morbid note, I think we we sort of see our mortality a lot easier. The older we get, we kind of think, Jesus, you know, like, you know, I don't know when it's coming. So I'm going to, what what am I doing? Why am I wasting time worrying about what people think? You know, like, yeah. I don't even know how long I've got to bloody go. Let's like just, just, just get and do that bloody thing, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love it. Now, where where can if people want to reach out to you? Where can they do that, or how can they do that on LinkedIn, uh, Insta? What do you got going? Oh, what have I got going? Um, <laughs> I do have Insta, but I'm really bad at it, and I kind of set it up for my barbering, but I don't keep it updated, and I'm really terrible at Insta, and I am on social media, but I I, I use it for my own entertainment. Because there's so much stuff on there that makes me laugh on a daily basis. <laughs> People are funny. There's some funny stuff on there. <laughs> there's amazing people on there. Lots of people inspire me on there too. So, yeah, I'm on Facebook as Julie Uli. Um, I wouldn't recommend the Insta. It's not a terribly good account, that one. What about LinkedIn? I'm on LinkedIn as Julie Phillip. Well, if someone's just thinking of one of the um, someone wants to join your barber army, they might want to reach out to you. They might. I hadn't thought of it, Kes. <laughs> oh, I'm the connector, you know. <laughs> Maybe they can just ring you and you can give them my phone number. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, okay, we can do that too. So, yeah. so old so, school, old yeah. school. So old school, old school, give me a ring um, and I'll, <laughs> I'll give Julie a ring and then I can tell you what she said and get back to you and then I'll... <laughs> or they could just go to LinkedIn and bloody send you a message. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh. oh, God, I love you. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, well, I'm going to leave it there, Julie, but I've had such a bloody good time talking to you. You you, you, you do inspire me. Like you, you're just, and you've got a heart of gold. Like I just love your zest for life. You're just oh, you're thanks, one of those. Oh, I do. You're one of those people that just, you know, you, every time I look at you, I smile. And, and and I do look at you on Facebook and you're dressed up like a bloody hobbit, you know, with a saxophone. <laughs> Christ knows what it's or oh, I don't know what that thing is. A flute of some sort. What was that? Oh, clarinet. Clarinet. Yeah, we actually we we went out for the day and came across this antique shop, and I don't play clarinet. I've got no intention of playing it. Um, but I saw it there, and I thought I really love the look of it. You know, like I don't I've got no intention of playing it, but geez, that would be a really nice ornament in. In my front lounge room, you know, so I, I thought I'm going to get that. So I just pretended I was playing it. <laughs> <laughs> People really thought, you know, from that picture that I really, and I said, no, I'm only doing bar mitzvahs at the moment. You'll have to wait. I've got a bit of a cue. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't play clarinet. But, yeah, I, I know. I, I like to the fool a lot. Oh, well, you keep me entertained. I, if, I, if I'm looking for something funny on Facebook, I'm just going to go to your page. But I, <laughs> you're bloody awesome. But thank you so much for joining me, Jules. I absolutely love what you're doing, and you just you you just not not only you're inspiring and very funny, you know, and got such a positive attitude, but you just got the biggest heart. You know, you you just ever since I've known you, you you know, you've you've 
reached out to me in a number of ways for other people. You know, it's never been for you. It's just always for other people. And I I just really admire that warmth in you, you know, and your kindness. And I don't know, I just think you're one hell of a human. And I'm so bloody, so bloody grateful that we're friends. You're just, you're beautiful. You really are. Yeah, thanks, Kiz. You know, kindness, I think I saw on Facebook recently, it's like confetti and you need to sprinkle that shit everywhere. Yeah, that's what you need to do. I've got a whole range of T-shirts. Kind is cool. Cool is the, you know, kind is the new cool. And I like to wear those when I'm out and about. Yeah. (laughs) Spread the message. Me me too. i got a range of those and I just love them. Absolutely love them. But anyway, well, thank you very much. And I hope the Barber Army does start uh, hunting you down or or your new recruits start Start connecting with you, and I really would love to see you get that up and running. I really would. Think be bloody fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So Stay thank tuned. you. Yeah, we will. Thank you. Let us know yeah. because I want to. I'll, I'll plug that. But thank you so so much. And uh, you can go back and enjoy the rest. The little the little you have of your remaining the remainder of your Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I'm going out to plant petunias. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Good on you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Kiss. Oh, it's my it's absolute an absolute blast. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you soon. Thanks, Kiss. Okay, see ya. Bye. Oh, guys, how was that? I absolutely love Julie. I reckon she's a bloody, she's a ripper. I love a sense of humour. I love her kindness. I love that the fact that she just gives stuff a go. I really hope that episode inspired you to think, why not? Why not? Why not just give it a crack? Why not have a go? And you know what? See what happens. It might not work. It might not work. Like, who cares? You know, are you going to spend the rest of your life wondering? I reckon that sucks. But give it a go, man, that didn't work. Or it did work. Or it half worked. And now I'm doing something that I never even expected would happen as a result of what I just tried. So please give something a go because life is too short. You know what? You don't want to spend the rest of your life going, I wonder what if, what if I had have done that thing? Just give it a go. And I really hope that Julie's, I don't know, zest for life and her her gusto you know has given you like a little bit of a kick in the bum and thought yeah 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 you know why not do it and and I love that Julie says I'm just Julie from Pakenham but you know that just proves that every single person on this planet has got something to give and can make a difference and I can't wait for you to get your stuff out there because I don't know, the the world, as I said, the planet needs to light up. You know, all of our little LEDs need to go bam and the whole world light up. How, how freaking good would that be? Anyway, I'm just getting way overexcited because Julie's got my all my excitement buttons going and I really hope that you absolutely love that and 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 that you're going to get at least go away and start thinking maybe I can. That's at least if you can do that. I'd love that. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me again this week. I, I just love bringing you people that, I don't know, that I find inspiring and I really hope that you do too. So thanks for joining me and love you guys and I will see you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. 
go to my website, karenvaughan.com, tinker around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.